Hey everyone, so great to be back with you tonight. I'm with my dear friend, Melissa wagner Pilata. If you've been connected with our ministry in any way over the last number of years, you know that Melissa is our uh, Director of Intercession at all our events she's at, and also our Daniel Company Prayer Call. Many of you connect with uh, Melissa. She helps lead that with me. And Melissa, uh, I love the fact that everyone has a story and of, of where they've been in God, where God has taken them, and, and the things we're learning with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Why don't you just begin tell us of how you began to walk with the Lord, where you've encountered the Lord, and, mm -hmm. and how this journey with the Lord, of walking with the Lord began. I didn't grow up in church, yeah. so um, I really never had a concept of God. I remember the first time, well, I would sing about Jesus, you know, in the Christmas carols during, in December around Christmas, mm. we'd always sing about Jesus, but I really wasn't sure what this baby in the manger thing was. No one explained it to you. No, I never had any understanding of that. And then I remember um, hearing about Easter and that it was about this Jesus guy. <laughs> and I was probably in, I was in fifth grade. I remember I lived in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania at the time. And I just, I remember, I, I can even picture the light. I was sitting in a traffic light, sitting in the back seat. My parents were driving. And it was like I had the revelation that there was this man that came to earth and did something great for humanity. And I don't even quite know if I had language for it, but um, I knew that there was something special about him. And then I do remember, I recall a babysitter talking to me once about God. So it's really important for those babysitters out there to talk to those kids. <laughs> but you know that... Um, do you remember I, exactly what she said or... I just think she was really loving and kind and I just remember her talking about her talking to God. You know, having conversations that with God. That you can talk to you God. You can talk to God. Mm -hmm. So then I remember um, I would sometimes talk to God when I would be walking up and down the sidewalk when I was younger and just you know, I think I remember just going wow I just want to feel like a little kid again I remember that was my first cry that I just want to feel like a little kid again feel innocent again and so then it wasn't until um, I did go to a Christian camp when I was in sixth grade and I do remember do you remember how you ended up at this Christian camp yeah my mom sent me there <laughs> so your unsaved mom sends you to a Christian camp. I did. I went to a Christian camp. And um, during that time, um, uh, again, I just loved singing at the campfire, singing about Jesus. Like I could feel really? there was something different. And do you remember there. in this camp if they explained the gospel to you? Yeah, I think so. Because I do remember like saying the prayer. Really? Like I to said the become prayer. Become born again. Yeah. yeah. I'm born again. Okay, great. And then I went home and I don't I didn't have any language for what had really happened to me and um, so since can, I was little, can you just pause for a minute because sure. I know we're both really obviously we, we love the Lord our, yeah. our, one of our greatest desires is to be friends of God yeah. talk to God yeah. that's part of the reason we've been joined together this assignment with, with Daniel company yes but I just something just struck me there of your unsaved mom mm. I think Sin she was starting to seek. Okay. So she was starting okay. to seek out the Lord okay. for herself at yeah. that time. You or know? she she might be born again. She yeah. might not be. Mm -hmm. And it just struck me that 
somebody's prayers were being used yes. to tell, like, to, like, oh, this and have, have your mom, like, yes. hey, send your little girl to school, to yeah, camp okay. where she's yeah. going to hear about the Lord for the yeah. first time. Yes, and, and that's a really good, I'm, I'm going to veer off here, and I'm going to go somewhere with that. Yeah. Because I did, I asked the Lord one time, I said, God, who prayed for me? Right. Because no one in my family was ever talking to me about Jesus. Mm. And he shared with me about a great-grandmother that I had who was Moravian. Wow. wow. So, you know, even as a little child, I had this... Great-grandmother is Moravian. My great-grandmother was Moravian. Wow. Yes. Mm. So, you know, and even as a child, I, I wanted to pray. I, I, even though I didn't have a language for what I was doing, I was just talking to God. There was this drive to to want to have a relationship and to want to pray. Isn't that interesting? Wow. That was that was, that that was a very I say wow because I know know the what you're walking in now and it's yes. always God's setting us up. Set me up. Yeah. He I was set up for sure. But to keep going on the story, so then I really wasn't walking with the Lord at all until I was starting to search me around 25. Oh, and to, to go back a little bit even further, um, I was always seeing in the spirit. So as a little child, two and three years old, I was seeing in the spirit. As far back as you can remember, you're seeing unseen things. Yes, I was seeing, and I <laughs> thought it was normal. So, and again, didn't have language for it. Right. So, this is a great story. I don't know if I've ever told you this. Yeah. I was in kindergarten, and I'm on the playground, and there was um, three kids sitting and standing in front of me, and you know we're just young people just learning about each other on the playground for the first week of school, and I'm like, oh, so who's your friend? You know that I saw standing next to the one boy, and they're like all looking at you know looking around, and I, and I at that moment realized, oh my gosh, they're not seeing what I'm seeing. How old are you here? I was you're five. Remember? You're five. I was five. Yeah. And you're seeing, you're seeing in the unseen realm. Yes as clear as you would see a person in front of you, a little boy or girl in front of you. Yes, and I thought it was normal and everybody else saw and would hear things that I was hearing too. Mm. So it was really interesting to figure out that <laughs> I was different. I started to learn not to say anything anymore. Don't talk, you know, don't talk about it. Because you're as a little kid, you're just telling everything you're seeing. Yeah. And people are kind of looking at you, what, you're... you're yeah, like the monsters in the closet and... Things as, under your bed. As the mother <laughs> of four, four kids? Five. 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 I'm five. sorry. No, it's okay. Five. Five. Five, five, five kids. Yes. I, I, I think there's something on that in mm -hmm. this sense as well. Because I, I, have, I firmly believe this. This is just uh, kind of my conjecture from experience and things. That many children, and some of them are, are seeing yeah. ugly things. Yes, mine were ugly. Yeah. Yes, very ugly. Uh, that they're seeing things, but often they're being talked out of it, mm -hmm. or their imaginary friend is an angel or a demon or mm -hmm. something. Can can you kind of give any insight on that? Like raising children, five children, teaching them yes. how to connect with the things of God, because we know, obviously, a, a value that I'm, I'm constantly heralding is the unseen realm controls everything in the seen realm. For me, it was to never um, doubt them. So if they're coming and they're talking, especially when they're really little, because they don't have language what they're seeing. So 
a great story would be Vitaly, he's my youngest, he was three years old, and he wakes up in the morning and runs downstairs and says, Mommy, I saw a man on a white horse with wings. And he was talking about all these winged things and creatures with eyes and all these things. And I had never read Revelation to him. He had no idea what he was explaining to me. And then later, um, he, he was um, he's an artist. He was three. He was three at the time. Uh -huh. And then when he began to draw, I said, will you draw your dream? And he drew this host of angels Amazing. with the, you know, Jesus on the white horse sitting in the middle <laughs> with his hair blowing back. I still have the picture. It's powerful. So I just, I, I always, you know, ask him a lot of questions. So what did you see or what did you feel or what did you hear? You know, I, I just trust that they're um, um, experiencing something. Now for a mom listening yes. to this. Yeah. And she's like believe everything your kid says yes like they're like ah, it's a little hard you know that's such a great question my my kid you know maybe they're making it up mm -hmm. i don't want to encourage fantasy but i think and the reason i i, we, I think we even started on this trail yeah. is this that in the name of we don't obviously we don't want our kids to make up stuff live in a fantasy sure. world i think mm -hmm. we're people of truth but the other side of that i i firmly believe that kids are legitimately seeing things legitimately I, I'm, seeing I'm convinced that mm -hmm. often if you see an infant two or three months old I've seen them <laughs> in worship service they are just it, yeah. like like their you know their parents are doing this you see their faces they are lit up and I'm convinced they are seeing myriads of beautiful yeah. creatures yes. that are just fascinating their eyes mm -hmm. that are that are um I mean, we know they're, they are there, they exist, they're moving, they're operating, the, the unseen realm is constantly moving. So I guess I'm going to say, what's the, what's the having never been a parent yet? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. How, what is, what would you say to a parent? Like, well, I don't want to encourage my kid in fantasy. Mm -hmm. How do I keep them grounded in truth? How do I encourage what they're seeing, so but also not <laughs> encourage them to make stuff up when they're little yeah a lot of children don't know the difference they're in the spiritual realm they don't even they they, they will cross yeah. over right like they're not even you know like they're still discerning where they're at right. I know looking back now well, maybe not to cut you off no, but no, maybe just great. No, maybe just like you yes. they're thinking everyone's seeing this yes or the other thing I would say is, I'm processing this out loud with you, sure. but this is the purpose of the conversation, sure. is a three-year-old is likely not going to wake up or come to you and tell you yeah. seraphim or, yes. or horses or things that are very vividly described in scripture. Mm -hmm. That's not the devil probably telling them that, you know? Yeah. So, and I can see the difference from me not being, you know, in a covered home in a place where it was safe. Right. So I was not in a, in a, I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking like an, I'm just talking spiritually safe right. place. Right. Right. You know, I was in a safe place. Right. But so, um, I would be in those places and I was definitely encountering the demonic, you know, in, in that realm. Um, and it was probably due to that lack of covering right. where my children grew up with a covering. Right. So, not to say that they're not seeing 
demons either, but I'm able to sit down and discern it with them and talk to them through it and know that, you know, they might be hearing something from the Lord or seeing something from the Lord um, and they have a safe place in me to come and talk about it. I think that's the key. Yeah, that's good. So that they can understand, you know, okay, this is real. Right. Because God is unseen. Yeah. He's the wind. Right? He's the unseen. He's in the unseen. So um, it helps your child, I feel, have a closer relationship with God because then they can relate to the things that are in the seen and the unseen and being able to discern it. Does that make sense? Right, right. And I said that right. No, and I think also, I'm just, again, processing this out loud. Sure. I think also is the reality that I think I'm even learning something as I say this because that's what happens in these things. Mm. You, I think there is a truth in that. You say to that, you you are going to choose to believe what that kid says. Yes. And then as you teach them right and wrong. Yes. That mm-hmm. in the context of that, there's a free flow. They can share things yeah. with you. But and, and the other thing is you're not looking to make anything up because you're not soliciting it. You're just saying, hey, if there's something, he came to you, mm-hmm. he shared it with you, you're teaching him right and wrong, mm-hmm. he knows it's wrong to lie and to make things sure. up. Sure. And so now you have this open dialogue between a child and you are encouraging because, oh, uh, because, because my heart, my heart in trying to understand that even with the body of Christ and children is that sometimes parents unknowingly were shutting down yes the seeing realm, Mm -hmm. the discerning realm, Mm -hmm. because they were like, my kid is making stuff up or whatever. They think their kids, you know, or anything that they saw was automatically thought of as bad. Right. Or they don't see. So they don't understand. They might be hearing that, you know, the parent might hear things from the Lord. They don't see. So they have no, uh, you know, idea what the child is going through. Right. So they can't help them discern it. So I just, and, and here's the other thing. Can you imagine being like, um, I don't know, Thomas Edison, like, like father, and him coming to you with these wild, wacky ideas, right. and exactly you going right. like, well, wow, you're, you're just making this up. Maybe God was downloading in his imagination an invention. Right. As right, a kid, right, 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 and there, and and so you don't want to shut that down. Yeah, and you'll have children that are like very artistic, and they are are like maybe even living in that imaginary zone. Right. Yeah. Well, do, your do imagination. You know I've always believed your imagination yes. is supposed to be a canvas. Yes. As long as it's not traumatized, it's yes. it's supposed to be yes. a canvas for the things That's of the good. Lord, for the impressions of the Lord. That's why I keep that child protected yes righteous pure and and then um as it grows it learns to cooperate with that imagination and knowing that the source is always god source is always god yeah Mm -hmm. so any anything else you want to add along those lines of like well it's kind of teaching your kids to connect with the holy spirit and see and hear i think it's just really important that you begin to understand how your child is operating um, and we were actually talking about this in the car today. Be, just listen how they talk. So if they're always saying to you, oh, mommy, I see what you mean. Yes, mommy, I see. Well, they might be a seer. Yeah. Or, mommy, I hear what you're saying to me. 
they might connect with the Lord through hearing. So then you begin to cultivate that. So I would see, like, Vitaly definitely was here, obviously. He had that incredible, well, he's a dreamer, too. So he has all these prophetic dreams that come to pass. And if you asked him today, he's 15, he remembers all of his dreams, and they're, like, to the minute detail. Is that right? Yeah, it's wow. very powerful. And he will also have seen how they've unfolded throughout the years. Right. Like he's so he's, seen. that's interesting because I, I, um, I never understood it until I was an adult. Hmm. Where probably from the time I was 12 years, I don't know because I didn't understand what was happening at the time. Yeah. Maybe, maybe probably more 11, 12 till mm-hmm. probably 16, 17, I dreamed every night. Wow. And I dreamed very vivid dreams hmm. and I dreamed my life. Like sometimes I will I still remember profoundly That's awesome. when I had my when I had my three my I call it like my, my four month, five month stint as a public school teacher before uh, I stepped into my first role in full time ministry, I was teaching one day, uh, resource room <laughs> reading I was actually sitting on a um, like a stool mm-hmm. and I saw the clock and I said I've been here before mm-hmm. and it was just God's going got my hand on your life I remember being in one particular service I don't remember exactly where but it was a very profound moment and as it was very powerful in the service mm-hmm. I was ministering and I go I've been here before mm-hmm. and it was just the Lord going my hands on your life so in language of someone that wasn't brought up in a Christian home, deja vu. Right, right, right. right. And so the Lord is ministering to you while you're sleeping. Right, exactly. Believer right. or non-believer. Yeah. I, I mean, I believe he's ministering yeah. to his people. Well, I right? think, yeah, I Planting think this seeds. kind of goes back to something we just touched in a minute. And I want to ask you a question about something. Sure. But the, the prayers... The, mm-hmm. my house shall be a house of yeah. prayer. These prayers that we pray. Mm-hmm. And uh, my encouragement to people watching is take ownership of your neighborhood. Even if you never have a chance to mm-hmm. sit down and share the gospel, yeah. take ownership of the airways. Pray for the people in your neighborhood to have encounters because those prayers are working. They're working. I know mm-hmm. that it's my mom's prayers, my dad's yes. prayers that set me in alignment, my grandfather's prayers, these things, you got set in alignment, that even though people even have left the earth, those words, those prayers that they prayed in faith, God honors those prayers, and they're moving, like you just said, people are actually experiencing things from the Lord, they don't, they're not, they're unregenerate, they're not born again, but they're going, what? What is this? This yes. is something powerful that I'm experiencing. This is something powerful that I'm countering. Uh, but I want to pause right for a second. You, you <laughs> talked about, you talked about, okay, here, see, what yes. about the parent who's watching? It's like, well, my kid's not talking yet. How do I, how do I, you know, oh, position good. themselves? Or how did you do it? You know, you you know, you, yeah. you and I, mean, I don't want to say this, you're, you're an awesome cheerleader for your kids. Yeah, you like sure. have celebrated your kids. And so child's conceived. What are you doing as a parent? Like, are you like, you're praying over your, yes. yeah, I know yeah. you are, but, yeah. but maybe some people in that phase of their life. 
Um, I just, yeah, I, I, I really believe that it, that those prayers are, are really important. And I do believe that the Lord will give you language for what you're to pray for each child, especially during pregnancy and during birth. Because I believe that it's all this, you know, God sharing the story of this child. That's right. From conception, you're, the woman, as a woman being pregnant, what that pregnancy was, because they're all different. Mm. You know, they're all different. The child is acting different. You feel different. It's really interesting. You know, I mean, I don't, I, I definitely am not an expert because, you know, but I have had five. Had five. And I would love, I would love to just have a conversation. That is such a great idea with all these pregnant moms to see <laughs> if there's any correlations in things. But, yeah. but yeah, so you're pregnant, you're praying over your child, you know, taking notes of everything, your birth. Even, you know, um, cultivating that relationship when they're infants, you know, and watching and seeing how they're acting. Mm -hmm. Because you do know there is this connection with your child and you're going to experience this as a dad. You know, there's going to be this connection that you're going to have and you're going to begin to know things. You're going to know how to take that child and to push them into their gifts. You're going to know it. The Lord will share it with you. I know that he did for me. I could see the different giftings in my children. And and I want to say this too. I had all my children before I was spirit-filled. Interesting. So wow. it gets even more amazing because yeah. it was like I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. But, but God did. Right. You know? Right, right. And I just remember I was literally prophesying over every one of my children where they are today. Mm. And I didn't even... Like, know that I was... You didn't know you were prophesying. Just yeah. had a heart for your children. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, and I, knowing them. I want to pause here, too. Mm-hmm. Just like, side note. Sure. Because I just felt this in my heart. For people watching, yeah. and they're going, oh, that's awesome, but I wasn't really walking the Lord, mm-hmm. or I didn't know so the good. Lord when I was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Or, excuse me, <laughs> I'm, you know, my child is now 10, or is sure. 15, or is a teenager. Mm-hmm. What would you say to them mm-hmm. in in wanting to see their kids uh, taught and discipled in the ways of the Lord. And even I, I, one of the things I always run into is that people, there's like this guilt and they realize maybe after they've been born again, you're like, man, I I really pushed my kid in the wrong direction Mm -hmm. or I was very hard or whatever it might be or Mm -hmm. even possibly abusive and mm-hmm. wasn't intentional. We, we often just repeat the, the behaviors we grow up in. What do you say to those parents listening? That's a great question. I think the first thing I would say is just go to your child and tell them that you're sorry. Mm. I mean, that's where it just starts. And then once you start having those conversations, you can begin to rebuild where you, you know, right here, right now, yesterday is gone. Mm. Yesterday, and and I think forgiving yourself, yeah, forgiving yourself for the situation, knowing that you did your best, and it's asking exactly your right. child for you know for forgiveness in it, and then you can begin to build a relationship and and then begin to seed them, and say you don't have a relationship with them, say right. they're strange. That's another big one, right? That's another big one. your prayers, yeah. Because I didn't, and this is a long story, but. I didn't even know that my great-grandmother was alive when she was praying for me. I was alive, and she was alive, and she was praying for me. 
And I know oh, she was alive. When she Lord... was alive. Oh, when, wow. when she was praying for me, I thought I she did... had already transitioned. Yeah. So I mean, it's interesting, isn't this interesting? Yeah. So you know, she was she was already alive, and she was praying for me. And it wasn't until after she passed that I knew that she was the one that prayed me, prayed for me on a regular basis. Like the Lord shared that with me, that she was praying for me on a regular basis. So those prayers that you pray for your children are 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 going to make an impact. Yes, they are Lord. going to make a difference. Yes, Lord. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, as you're talking, I feel like there's a craze for you to mm-hmm. delve into this as well. Five okay. children, mm-hmm. all homeschooled. Yes. They're all brilliant kids, mm-hmm. all doing well. Mm-hmm. And can you talk about that journey, especially right now in America, schools closing, not closing, <laughs> you know, Excuse me, not co- schools opening, some opening. A lot of parents now in this place of do I homeschool my kids? What, maybe never been there. So yeah. it's a little different situation in America, but sure. just tell about your journey with that. Homeschooling. Oh, this is fun. Never in a million years would I have thought I'd homeschool. I mean, I was one of those people, I think, before I had children. Oh, you know, it'll be great. And then you put them in school and then, you know. You get a little rest. Yeah, yeah. yeah At my least a to do, yeah. right? Yeah. Right. And so I never, I didn't even have language. I, don't, I didn't even think homeschooling existed. I never met anybody that homeschooled. I didn't really know anything about it. And I remember that before I got married, and, and, and I'm freshly saved, so, and, and we didn't keep going on that, but. So 26 years old, having an encounter with the Lord. So knowing that he is my savior, you know, just saved. And he tells me, you're going to homeschool. And I go, homeschool? What is Now pause that? for a minute. Were you spirit-filled yet? No. Uh, but no. you're hearing the voice of God. Yes, I'm still hearing. Yeah. Going homeschooling, what is that? And then my husband went to Purdue to get his master's. And about 40% of Indiana homeschools because I the farms. Okay. They they need their labor. Yeah. That's why they're yeah. having Just, these I have, families, right? I have a dear right? friend in New Jersey, and yeah. I remember growing up in the same home church. Uh-huh. And I remember when they said they were homeschooling, I didn't know I asked them years later. Sure. They said we were one of the first in New Jersey, and we did it knowing that we could possibly get in a lot of trouble to do it. Now, so, I don't know about getting into trouble, but I was the first homeschooler in this county. At this, at our school district. So I, they were so weirded out by me. Pioneer. No, really, it's a pioneering yeah. anointing. They, they, they were weirded out with me. I think as much as I was weirded out with myself. Yeah. <laughs> you know, doing it, and there was no curriculum. None. There wasn't any curriculum. I'm like, oh my goodness, how do I do this? So I figured, well, if I can't do this, I would send them to this one Christian school. So I called the school and said, what curriculum do you use? And that's Becca? what I bought, a Becca. A Becca, yeah. It was a Becca. And I bought it, and and it wasn't geared towards homeschoolers, and it was God, because I don't have a gift of teaching, necessarily. I How do you teach a kid how to read? Wow, I have no idea. Now, homeschooling, there is a plethora of information out there. It is so easy to homeschool now, compared to when I started. So I would encourage people to know that um, for me, homeschooling was a great experience. I got to spend so much time with my children. You know, I, and I'm not saying sending them to school is bad. 
because Absolutely, that wasn't yeah. it. I think we, I think everybody. Yes, that. Yeah. I think that there can be. But it was a very clear directive from the Lord. It was a clear directive from the Lord for me to do it, and I did it. And I can't believe I'm so, <laughs> I'm almost done. <laughs> but um, you know, and uh, Vitaly probably has another year, and then I'm finished. What, wow. What would you say <laughs> is maybe a few key things you've pulled away as homeschool. One thing that jumped out to I me. I learned that, a ton. <laughs> <laughs> one, thing that, one thing that jumped out to me, and this is just a kingdom principle walking forward, mm. you feel completely unqualified. I was completely unqualified. That's not just homeschool, that's yes. everything. Yes, so, yes. You know, what good. God asks us to do. Like, yeah. mm-hmm. like, no, I don't quite feel I can do that. Yeah. And you just begin to step out. Yeah, you step out. And I'm sure. Say the yes. Yeah, Say I'm sure yes. part of it is um, it's like it's not going to be perfect. I was just going to say that. Yeah, go ahead. No, it's yeah. not. You're not going to be perfect. You feel inadequate at days. Totally you inadequate. Like you just spent five hours doing something. Yes. And then you realize a year later you could have done it in an hour because, but you don't yes, know until you, you don't do know. it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And the, but the but the wonderful thing now I think this is great. Google will cover anything I missed. All they have to do is Google it now. Right. So we have again all this information out there. Right. So, and home uh, homeschooling doesn't have to look like school. That's not why I did it. I didn't want to replicate school, even though it probably using a Becca did my curriculum did make it look more like school than some homeschoolers. It right. looks nothing even like that. Right. But the child gets an opportunity to dive into whatever they want to do. That's why I had a 14-year-old daughter flying airplanes before she could drive a car. Awesome. Yeah. She wanted to fly. Great. Let's do it. Right. And then the other really amazing thing for someone that is like on the fence with homeschooling is that you can have your child graduate now. Um, there's lots of options. So you can, you can have them graduate early, but keep them learning. So my children graduated 16. There was no way I was sending them to college. I wasn't going to do it. They're not ready emotionally. Right, 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 right. You know? So I didn't send them to college, but um, I had them <laughs> do all the ordination work to be ordained. <laughs> so they had, they had to spend their whole senior year doing that and just writing papers. Is that right? Like yeah. for like global waking? Yeah. Oh really? Yeah. So that was like, you had them like independent learning. Yeah. <laughs> and then if they wanted to get ordained, they could. Right. If they didn't, they didn't have right. to go through the process, but they had, they went through all the learning. Right. That yeah, was a sneaky way. Right. It was good. This, sneaky uh, mom. this conversation yeah. took God's turn. Yes. But, I'm reminded it's going to be, I believe, a year and a half or maybe two and a half years. I was at a church mm-hmm. in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and I remember it was um, a night, it was like an evening, Sunday night, and I was ministering to leaders uh, prophetically, and I remember there was this couple there, so I will always remember this, mm-hmm. and she had, uh, she's pregnant, and I began to like it's a boy and like I you know you were I was kind of starting out like yeah I think it's a boy (laughs) all this this thing Mm -hmm. rumbles on the inside of me about Daniel and that he's Daniel but then it became the prophetic word was like it's not just for this child it's for this child born this woman I believe it's two and a half years ago now if I'm thinking about it correctly and 
I believe we're in this season yes. of, and obviously just didn't last, but we're still in the season of Daniel's being birthed in the earth. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the part that, the feeling that I remember is like, we must disciple yes. and train and raise this generation correctly if we are going to maximize God's purposes for this time. Mm-hmm. And so I say that because I want to close uh, our, our, uh, our program tonight mm-hmm. and just, I want you to pray you, for the Daniels and parents raising children Thank and you. pastors wanting to see their babies or young people or whatever age they are, mm-hmm. but multi-generational Daniels and Josephs yes. and to birth what's never been birthed in the earth. I believe that's the mandate of God. Well, to birth what's never been birthed in the earth before. And that's Malachi 4. Yeah. That the fathers turn the hearts to the children and the children to the fathers, lest there is a curse upon the earth. Yes. You know, and we don't want to be that generation cursed yep. anymore. Yeah. You know, and, and I believe, yes, it's about the babies, you know, being born and these Daniels being raised up but it's about holding hands. This brings a really amazing like, connection to this whole thing. Homeschooling allowed this generation to pour into that generation. Yeah. That was the amazing Shabbat thing. Haya. You don't have, they can go to school. That's, please right, hear my yeah, heart yeah. again. I'm yeah, gonna no, say, I understand. no guilt in that. Yeah. But that I was able to give them everything that I had to raise them up and to hold hands. And I'm still doing that. I'm yeah. still feeding into my daughter's ministry. We're st- I'm still guiding Marabahaya. and directing my children, holding their hands. So, Father, we just. Can I just pause yeah. right here? I just yeah, want to say one ahead. thing. Yeah. And um, I think people know my heart well enough, or if you're just getting acquainted with my ministry, I think, too, that it's really important to identify as a Mm. parent, if you feel called to homeschool or as a mother, usually Mm -hmm. a mother, could be a father. Could be a father. Yeah, could be be a father. Mm -hmm. But often, it is really important to recalibrate or allow our lens to be calibrated by heaven because often if we're thinking according to the American dream which is Babylonian yes like That's no good. I have to help or it's or, or, or the lie is we can't afford this or we yeah. we, we live here and, and I want my kids to have a future I want to be able to send them to college I believe it's important to identify those things not that those, those things aren't necessarily even wrong or right I we you know we've emphasized enough walk that out with the Lord yes. but don't allow a false belief to keep you from doing that's just a general principle but yes. this area particularly yes. to keep you from doing what God's called you to do mm-hmm. and that's in any area or, I, or I'm too old to get a degree whatever it is yes. that, that it's, a, it's, a, it's a lie that you will be bound to and I believe sometimes we'll get into eternity and God will go you could have done that and you believe the lie. That's good. And I'm not putting shame on you. I'm just saying you could have done it. Because mm-hmm. I told you you could. So, yeah, that's really good. I'm going to agree with you. We'll pray. Yeah. So, Father, we just thank you, God, for the Daniels that are being birthed across the world. I thank you, Father, for each one of them. God, I thank you that they're dreamers. 
Father, that they're the ones that are going to cry out. They're going to cry out that Jesus is coming, the Messiah is coming. Thank you, I thank you, Father, for these Daniels. Lord, and I'm going to, we really didn't go there, but um, as a birth attendant in the natural, I just declare in the spiritual realm that Mm. these children will not die at birth. God, that every one of them that is coming from, um, coming into their birthday, especially today, on this date, that they are protected in Jesus' yeah. name. Father, I thank you for the angels that you're releasing mm. to come and walk alongside them as they're beginning to grow, as they're beginning to grow. And Lord, I ask for that gift of discernment to rest upon the parents, God, that they would come alongside generation to generation, holding hands, that there will be no rebellion, that there will be this place of holding hands, that they will that they will come into alignment as a family, and they will begin to walk out Malachi 4 in Jesus' name, and there will be no curse on this generation in Jesus' name. And I just saw, like, as she began you, to Lord. pray, I just saw, Whew. I don't know when you're going to watch this program, Fine. but it's like a, a, Thank you, a young mother, you're mm-hmm. in your 20s, and I just saw Thank this you, beautiful wow. Jonathan in your womb. And um, and I feel like there might be even some, like, wow. apprehension of, like, uh, maybe it's a first child or something of, like, how am I going to be a mom? <laughs> and the Lord says, you are well able to fulfill the task to raise this Jonathan. And so I just release any any just worry, any confusion, any fear. I feel like part of it's just a generational thing. We break its power yes, and I just bless you to joyfully walk out being a mom in uh, in the manner and in the strength in God's strength that He's created you to do, created you uh, to to be and to do for this time. God entrust you with that child. That child is in your womb because God trusts you. Yes. And two, um, for someone that's listening to this, watching this, um, that are thinking about abortion, I just declare over you and that life inside of you that this is a Daniel baby. Yeah. And you're going to be able to do it just as Abner was praying for that other young woman. That you're going to be able to do this that God is going to walk alongside of you that you will never be without. So I say choose life. Just choose life. Choose life and I break off the spirit of death over you and that child right now in Jesus name. Thank Jesus you, Lord. name. Jesus name. Thank you Lord. We want to thank you so much yes, for joining us, whether you. it's live or a replay, whenever you're watching this. Uh, I want to thank all our pastor friends around the world yeah. who've been telling me they've been watching this. We pray uh, every week these programs are a blessing to you. We also all, also just want to thank our partners and friends, our partners thank in the you, backbone partners. of what we're doing in this ministry. We, uh, I, I want to uh, tell you, if you're not a partner with our ministry, you feel connected to what God is doing. Uh, Proverbs teaches us that a wise man walks with wise men. Yes. Uh, together, we're doing this Daniel company, mm-hmm. which we didn't talk about. Yeah, we, we didn't talk, talk about we it. We talked about what God <laughs> wanted to talk about because yeah. that's just how we roll. Uh, you can you can connect with us, abnersuarez.com. But thank you so much, partners and friends, for making this possible. And uh, 
as Oral Roberts taught us, there's no different di distance in prayer. Yes. So in Jesus' name, yes. I release the life of Thank God you, to Lord. you, the strength of God to you. I curse somebody watching this who's got a tumor. I uh, break the power of brain damage. I break the power of trauma you, from a, from um, car accident. Mm. I break you free from depression. And I just say the Lord bless and keep you. Yes, the Lord, Lord. causes face to shine upon you. The Lord be gracious to you and merciful to you and grant you shalom. Shalom.